Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Alrighty, it's time for That Davis Show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis on all social media platforms and follow the executive producer of That Davis Show and also Flippin' Friends, the one the only, Ryan Bukovesky. That is Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram if you want to see the flesh. His flesh. Look at that. Take it in. <gasps> Voila! But you know what? It's time to go off top. Off top! All right. I want to start off with a little Twitter beef between Senator Ted Cruz and one, the only owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. All right, so... Mm, a Texas State showdown. It's a good old Texas bang them out. All right, so Ted Cruz tweeted out, no, it's not surprising, personally speaking, that this is the first time in years that I haven't watched a, a single game in the NBA Finals. Uh, go uh, go woke, go broke. He hashtagged that, if you didn't uh, know, which is uh, pretty, pretty bold, to say the least. Mark Cuban uh, came at him with a retweet with a comment. A U.S. senator with three NBA teams in the state employing thousands of people, and he's rooting for the businesses to do poorly. This is who you are, Ted Cruz. Every minute of your life, this is exactly who you are. <laughs> Which Ted Cruz replied, I love the Houston Rockets, and I've rooted for them my entire life. I happily cheer for the Spurs and Mavericks against any non-Texas team. But Cuban, Mr. Cuban, the NBA is engaged in a concerted effort to, one, insult their fans, and two, turn every game into a left-wing political lecture. That's dumb. Which, again, he put out uh, Ted Cruz, I wish Mark Cuban loved his fans as much as he loves Chinese money. Cuban replied, shame on me for putting American civil rights and justice, uh, creating injustice and creating jobs and growing our economy and healthcare reform over Twitter proclamations. Also, uh, he was talking about the fact, uh, Mark Cuban was talking about the fact that there's tens of thousands of jobs uh, that the NBA in Texas with those two teams keep people employed. And why would you want to sit there and, and, and wish poorly on those employees, let alone not the NBA? So little uh, Texas two-step spat between Mark Cuban and Ted Cruz. Um, listen, I, I get what Ted Cruz is saying to a certain extent. Not that, and I think we've talked about it. I'm sure that some of the social justice stuff has turned some people off. Um, that's just the truth of the matter. We, it has nothing to do with if this is wrong or right. It has to do with the fact of just looking at things through a clear lens. Everyone doesn't agree with what we agree with, Ryan. Uh, if they did, we wouldn't have to have these social justice situations going on right now if everybody would agree with us because we would all think all Black Lives Matter. I want to say all lives matter. We would, actually, all lives matter would be that the pr appropriate statement because we will be living it. So uh, I get that. Uh, but still, for Ted Cruz to sit there and make it seem that it's evil and it's wrong and not to talk to why they're doing it is the biggest problem. You should speak to, even if you say, you know what, I don't really like this, but I understand why you're doing it. I think this may not be the place to do it. And we could disagree on that. But to still, when you, when you, when you belittle the narrative and make it so one-sided and make it seem like there's nothing just about it, I think that, uh, I think that you're on some BS. Ted Cruz, as usual, is on some BS. What do you think? Well, I think you're absolutely correct. And 
you know, some people have definitely, well, this goes back to the kneeling. Some people have turned off, you know, the NFL from kneeling all the way back when. And of course that was all the talk now. And it just, it's silly to me because Ted Cruz specifically, he reminds me of some other people I've heard. I think people just kind of use that as an excuse, like, oh, they're trying to be woke. So I'm not watching when it's just like, I guess it conflicts with Fox news. And if you're one of those people that, you know, is a Republican diehard Fox news, you're just going to be like, screw the NBA. I mean, how many times is the NBA and Fox news cross when Laura Ingram told them like, shut up and dribble. And you've got Tucker doing his thing, commentating all the time about the NBA and their, I guess, civil activism. So it's just like, I don't know. It's a convenient excuse for people, I think, to, to blame the NBA for having these messages, but nobody would be arguing if it was the messages you want to hear. There's always going to be a pro and a con side to everything. I totally agree with you. And you're totally on point with that one. If it was what you wanted to hear, you wouldn't care. And even if you don't like it, you should still see the humanity in it. I think that's the biggest thing. You should still see them. Like there are plenty of things where it's like, man, I want to do this. I don't really feel like you sitting here talking about this. This isn't what I want to do right now. It still doesn't mean I don't see the humanity in what those people are trying to say. It just really just means that I'm being, I I won't say closed-minded, but I'm not paying attention enough or spending enough time with things that are really important because I'm too worried about my own self. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what it necessarily speaks to. All right. So my next off top. Off top. All right, so I did see this the other day that Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, the uh, NBC uh, Sunday Night Football tandem that calls the games, uh, decided that they didn't like wearing face mask coverings while they're calling the game. Now, mind you, for anybody who doesn't know, NFL coaches have gotten in a lot of trouble. They've been fined, and I think there's been a threat of suspension. if they're And on- forfeiture. Thank you. If they don't have their face masks on. So, and we all know, if you look at ESPN, for instance, you would see um, ESPN commentators that were inside, Malika Andrews. You would see Malika Andrews standing outside during a bubble, but she would have a mask on. And, of course, there's no one around her, but the thing is really they're trying to enforce that people should wear masks. So the real thing with, with, with my, uh, my, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, yeah, one, Al Michaels, you don't want to be around anybody that's got that COVID right now because your preconditioned uh, condition is age, to say the least. I don't know if you have anything else. I'm not saying that in a, a disparaging manner. I'm just stating facts. Um, but still, it's to really send a message to everyone about what they need to be doing and keep that omnipresent. So just get over it. And you, I mean, I, I get you don't want to sit there and talk for a couple hours with the mask on. And listen, they're not watching. Well, they are watching. Listen, at least do this. Have somebody single you when they're about to answer you. <laughs> but I still find it trivial that they decided that this was going to be the hill that they wanted to necessarily die on at this time period uh, uh, of what's going on with the pandemic and situations like that. I found it kind of silly that they would even put that out there. I, I can understand feeling like that, but I don't think at all I would have let it get out to the nation that that's how I felt. What did you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I guess if I was in their shoes, I would think it's a little ridiculous, blah, 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 all this stuff. But end of the day, you're going on national TV and whether we like it or not, masks are politicized. It just, it's automatic. If you Which don't silly, right? It is without a doubt, but that is a fact. That's like humans breathe air. There's nothing around it. Masks hmm. are political, whether we like it or not. So automatically 
they're being divisive, whether they want to or not. And then on top of it, it's like you pointed out, you know, a lot of people are just wearing it to encourage wearing it. So it's like not a big deal if I'm wearing it and I'm doing a job of broadcasting, you probably can just wear it going to the grocery store and quit freaking out about it. But when you do these little comments, then it just adds to the fire of the people that are anti-maskers saying, look, see, see how ridiculous this is? Right. The boys know in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> on the side off top, that baby show, me and Ryan here, um, I did see on some of the news earlier that tomorrow we're supposed to have the uh, debate between the, the vice president and the vice president nominee, uh, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence and Mike Pence has refused for there to be any like plexiglass partition to be involved. While of course one in the administration is coming down with the Rona. He's going to sit there and stand on. I'm trying to give you this Rona girl. If you, you going to catch it basically, even though we know yeah. he, his wife have tested him and the second lady have tested negative, uh, but still just like getting along with what you said about everything being political. When everyone at the, that was in the Rose Garden basically a week ago caught the Rona, and you <laughs> want me to sit there to debate with you, and you don't even want to put up a part. It's like, dude, I'm. I'm Did he have a Christian Christian awakening in the middle of the night that told him <laughs> no plexiglass? Oh no! With, By with, the way, have you seen the Kamala Harris uh, like preview of the debate? Uh, I love her little response. It's like. Somebody was interviewing her and saying how, oh, the vice president is really looking forward to debating you. And she's like, oh, really? Me too. Yeah, she's going to smoke. <laughs> she's going to smoke him. Oh, I know. This is she's the best s- part for Biden. By the she way, is- mm-hmm. one other thing. I am seeing the, the city of Fox River Grove, our lowly Fox River Grove, flooded with Biden-Harris everywhere. Mm. I am seeing it in people's yards that I've never seen a political sign before. Well, listen, we have our own issues, but there's some stuff that's great about this big blue state that we reside in. And to a certain degree, and I mean, it may depend on where you live. I mean, we live on the northern part of it, not taking slights at anyone. But there's a lot of common sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's one thing about the Midwest to a certain degree. It's a kind of a common sense area for the most part. Not to say we don't have some wackos who aren't, don't apply common sense, but it's a very common sense era. And even if you, I bet you even some of those people that may have voted for them, dude, you don't want, it's due to OJ and 9-11, the news has definitely become politicized. And I really don't mean OJ politicized. OJ made it to where they knew they could make money off of it, talking about one thing all day long. Um, they did it with Bush, uh, 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 they did it with uh, W, uh, George W. Bush. They did it with Obama. Obama, they really did it. And it was every day something about Obama. And they do it, they do it with Trump. Well, it has to be something about Trump every day. And it's not to say that Trump doesn't push the storyline and want his name out there, but they do it necessarily to just, to, they pump it, they pump it, they pump it, they pump it to keep our attention span out there. And what I was getting to is, I think people grew tired of your, the presidential office looking like a, a poorly run uh, tabloid show. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you. I don't think real Americans, regardless of your party, like that the highest office in the country has been used in the manner and degraded the way it is. And I mean, that's just being honest, man. People, you know. Man, how could you not watch that debate the last time and think, boy, our country looks silly. Like, right. I texted in the group. I was like, 
kind of jokingly, China's just rubbing their hands, watching like, I'll take either of these fools at this point. Like, you want to see presidential candidates, not just candidates running for the presidency. China wants Biden, just so you know. Um, <laughs> hey, I think they're winning either way right now. Yeah, but um, they, they don't want any of these, these trade deals with Trump. Uh, they want to get back to the old ways. Um, but still, you know what I'm saying? I, I think when getting back to your point about seeing the, those uh, Biden-Harris uh, uh, posters in people's yards, that it just comes from people are tired. Even if you if you were tired, if you didn't agree with his not, him being uh, uh, voted in the presidency, uh, Donald Trump, and you were tired afterwards if you voted for him because it's just been a lot, a lot, a lot of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's just been, it's been a lot of bullshit. You know, not to say that sometimes people haven't been trying to get to him, get at him, but a lot of it's just his own bullshit. And you get tired of, it's just, this, like, business isn't being taken care of. Like, the fact that this dude caught COVID and left the hospital, right? And you got to think about how many people work in the White House. And you know he's not going to sit there and just stay in the personal quarters. He's going to go to the Oval Office. And it's bad enough the people that he already exposed with their trivial stuff that they were doing, risking these people's lives. Then these people are going to get the type of medical attention that you got and get groundbreaking type of uh, whatever they gave him. You know, it's the treatments. They give give him groundbreaking experimental treatments. These people are going to be getting that type of stuff. It's just the selfishness. And I mean, Again, I don't want to turn this into a political thing, but the selfishness has been fucking remarkable. You know, it's just been like, golly, I mean, I knew you were selfish, but man, you, you, put, you put that ish on the moon with like, I don't care about that. I'm a risk to come out and still play like COVID isn't anything. And that you took that picture right there standing with no mask on the show. Strip. Dog, I'm not work. Listen, FDR was in a wheelchair with some braces on, right? If he was, if Charles today would be fine with me with his wheelchair ass, um, and I'm, I'm not I'm being facetious, I don't mean to take any shots at people that are um, uh, disabled. But I, the point that I'm making is he will show me strength by how well he's doing his job, not by the damn photo op. Like, it's just, it's just, when did the whole presidency become one long ass Miss, Miss America, Miss, Mr. America pageant, I guess is what I want to say, where it's basically all just, just, pomp and circumstances and there's nothing real about what's taking place here. It's just, it's all smoke and mirrors for the most part. And that is my political rant for that day. Man, the apolitical Dabo Sweeney is vomiting right now hearing this stuff coming. From it's you. funny. Somebody, uh, Dedra showed me some comments somebody left on the Dabo post on YouTube and they were just upset about, I would never say terribleness about a person because of their political views. I'll say terrible about a person that isn't dealing with right and wrong. And especially if you call yourself a Christian, all right? Because if you call yourself a Christian, then live by truly by Christian values and not by the ones that you pick and choose. That's it. That's all. I guess we can move on to a lighter subject, and that's the Bears versus the <laughs> Buccaneers. All right, we'll be right back on that day of the show. Nothing political with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Third and two. Keenum. Rolling, pressure, throws. He's got a completion and a first down. To Davis, the ageless one who stays on his feet somehow. And he's going to brace to the end zone and get there. Nick, how did you feel overall about your, your chemistry with the receivers and your throwing accuracy today? Did you feel like yourself like you normally do? You know what? It wasn't. It wasn't the best game. No, I. You know what? And I. Th- you know, I think uh, the Indianapolis Colts are a great team, but I don't. 
you know, I didn't execute well enough and, you know, we didn't execute well enough, but that's something, like I said before, uh, I was just on a radio. That's why I said, but uh, we will look at it. We'll move on. We'll improve. Uh, this is part of football. This is part of building those relationships and understanding plays and, you know, continue to grow. And I, I have to be better. I have to be more crisp. Um, and it's as simple as that. And I, I look forward to improving. I look forward to, you know, tomorrow getting back at it. It's a short week and, you know, we have a game Thursday night. So, you know, that's just football. We got to keep improving. All right. That Davis show, Ryan B. Ski on the ones and twos and me as your host, Kenneth Davis, Ryan Bukabeski, I should say, let me give you his, his proper name. All right. So that you know and that you, you rep. Mm, look at me. Proper. His proper name. A proper right. man. Yeah. We're going to need that when we uh, go to Wakanda. Be like, this is my help, Ryan Bukovesky. Wait, Wakanda, Georgia, or Wakanda, Africa? We got to go probably to the Georgia one and, and get <laughs> when when everything hits the fan, and then get get our trip over to the real Wakanda later. You know? And so break to. I mean, Georgia's by the ocean, right? I'm saying, well, Savannah's by the ocean. You know what I'm saying? I think this was north north of Atlanta. This place. Listen, if I I would be more down with the Georgia one if it's closer to the ocean. Even though hurricane season, those hurricanes can come up that coast. But yeah. We're going to the to the Georgia Wakanda. Then we're going to get our papers. And go okay, good. Your papers, up, papers. Up. It, it's like old school flying to Europe back in like the first exactly. international flight. You got to stop in Iceland. <laughs> the worst part is going to shock you is when we get on that Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> only first class. Only first class. But anyway, we'll get there in under a week. So the Bears are, are, are going to have the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, travel to Soldier Field this Thursday, uh, the Thursday night game, to get that ass smacked by Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Mm. So uh, we definitely told you, if you didn't see our, our, our football wrap-up uh, yesterday, it's, it's out right now. So go check that out if you want to hear what we have to say about this past Bears game and uh, about three or four of the games from uh, this past Sunday. And also – a, a nice goodbye to Bill O'Brien. We're going to miss you, Bill. Oh, yeah, I will. Because Ken always loved talking itch about you, you. Oh, he's going to pop up somewhere. We're going to be able to get back at him or whatever. But, uh, so, listen, with this upcoming Bears game in the next day, um, things I'm looking for first is running the ball. Um, I get that basically with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Folds, you're calling two different games because one guy is capable capable not that it's it's he's going to do it but he's shown and proven he can be capable winning from the pocket where Mitch hasn't necessarily done that so it kind of leads uh Matt Nagy into getting back into his let me show you how smart I am let me show you how to do this son uh back instead of going to the fundamentals which you can show how smart you are but you still have to stick to the script and stick to the fundamentals so I want to see a lot of David Montgomery I know the addition of Lamar Miller who was out last season I believe with the ACL tear He's probably, I mean, he's on a practice squad, so he's not even going to probably be up for like another week or two just so he can kind of learn the, the, the playbook and the verbiage or whatever. So it's got to, you're going to have to sit there and reply on uh, Cordell Patterson, uh, David Montgomery, I guess some Ryan Nall, but you have to stick to the run and you have to take advantage of these tight ends. Or And listen, I know we say tight ends, uh, uh, Cole Komet may not be fully up to up to snuff with everything that's going on this season, but Demetrius Harris and and definitely Jimmy Graham, you have to take advantage of them. Uh, I want to see more Darnell Mooney. Uh, I hate to say it because I think it's a, I'm a bit early with this. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit less Anthony Miller. 
Um, it's just it's inconsistency, and I know that that pass that was turned into an interception, then he got his hands on it. May not necessarily, it, it wasn't a clean pass, but it's just getting to the point. I would rather the second amount of reps out of, out of our top two receivers. I would rather the second amount fall to Dar- Darnell Mooney. What were you about to say, Ryan? Yeah, what do you think about maybe benching him a little bit because of how inconsistent he's been? Like, it, like how we talked about before, the ropes are off of Mitch, the training wheels. Mm-hmm. Like, Anthony Miller is pro's pro at this point. Like, he's played enough. Do you think uh, maybe you send a message like, hey, this is you're unacceptable to a locker room? Your receiving core isn't good enough to bench him because he's – well, what if he was fourth on the depth chart? He's still playing, but like you said, cut yeah, back on I'll, his reps. I will cut back. I will cut back on his reps. I, I want to see because uh, in a way, that's a benching, right? That's what I was going to say to you. Uh, the, the, when you when you see you're not getting the same amount of reps, it's sending you a message that we don't trust you. I think that's what you need to do. But I, I don't think you, your receiving room isn't strong enough to have him just out of the game. I, I don't believe that. You know what I'm saying? But I would like to at least see Mooney, and I know he he had this has happened this season already. I want to see Mooney have more more uh, more snaps than Anthony Miller right now. I want to see uh, a game plans with Mooney. And, I, and I, listen, that's not to say that he's uh, perfect or whatsoever, but that's definitely what I I, I want to see. Uh, so yeah, Matt Nagy has to you know he has to steer the ship, steer the ship, especially against this team. This isn't the type of team you can play around with. This isn't even the Colts as far as offensively what they can do to you. And we know they have some injuries, but still they have a load of talent. Uh, and you have a, one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time at the helm and a, a pretty uh, ingenious offensive play caller and Bruce Arians. Uh, so th- this game is going to tell us, it's going to tell us something. It's going to one tell us about how well you can adjust from losing, right? And get, try to get back on it. Now, I don't think they're going to win, but still if they come out here and give a strong performance, I think it will tell us as far as the adaptability how they sat there and saw their flaws in last week's, this past week's game, or this past Sunday's game, not this past week's game, or this past Sunday's game, how they adjusted to that, but also adjusted to what they thought they were going to be getting uh, facing the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then I will call that a, a, a moral victory, to say the least. But if they come out and it's flat or flatter than the game they played in Soldiers Field against the, the Indianapolis Colts, man, it's going to be bad business uh, Friday. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to be upset. Thursday. No, I meant the next day after. Oh, okay. All right, when you wake up and you're like, I can't believe that happened. Did I watch all of that? You know, like, oh, my God. Oh, no. It, Don't watch, call it. Right? So um, I, that's that's definitely what I'm, what, I, what I'm looking for. And I, look, that pass rush now, ain't no, it's no time to be playing. Now, you had a stationary quarterback last week. You didn't get to enough. You better – Tom Brady better be on his back. All right, if you're sitting there, let Tom Brady do his due, it's a wrap. So on both sides of the ball, but on the defensive side, you're going to need a pass rush. Um, I know you said you saw the injury report. I don't know if you saw the injury report for just the Bears or the Bucks. I don't know if Leonard Fournette is back. Do you know if Leonard Fournette's going to be playing? This he game? is not practicing so far. You, you don't want none of that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want none. How do you, listen, how they're defi- You don't want a, a good running back running no, against this Bears? Not a, not a hammer. You don't want a hammer. All right, like to wear them down. Like, man, I don't feel like tackling him no more. Like, you, I'm happy he's not going to be involved in this because they were getting beat by anybody in the first place, but beat, but beaten by a guy that physically can, if you're on the defensive side, hurt you by you tackling him. You don't want any of that type of smoke for him. He's a game time decision at this point. 
Boy, I hope That's what Bruce Arians said today. I, I hope it's enough. So, uh, yeah, man, um, it's listen, this game is coming real quick after a loss, which some would say could be a good thing, but I would think it's going to be a bad thing because I, look, I heard somebody say Tampa Bay is the best team in the NFC uh, today on the NFC. I can't remember who it was. Um, but, no, I think it was Jeff Saturday, maybe? Maybe it was, I think it was Jeff Saturday. Oh, uh, go figure. Uh, why? Why would Jeff Saturday have to be real? Uh, he just seems like a total Tom Brady fan. Okay. He beat me so much, man. I love him. Right. I respect the hell out of him. He's the greatest. <laughs> Sorry, Peyton. But, uh, There's only one other quarterback I would have centered for, and that's Tom Brady. <laughs> There's only one quarterback <laughs> where I want his hands between my thighs. Is that time back then? He put that right pressure just like Peyton did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, I, this isn't a team that you need to be playing with. This is a team that you need to have. You, look, you need to have time of possession. You need to be running the ball and keeping that offense off the field. So that's another reason that they need to run the ball. But, yeah, this is a, a Matt Nagy game uh, for him to show us that he can he can steer this ship straight when there's a when they've been in a little bit of trouble waters to say the least. Yeah, I agree with a lot, basically everything you're saying. I can't poke any holes because I I said it yesterday to you. I think the Bears are going to show us their ass over these next four games, and it starts with Tom Brady. <laughs> the whole ass a half, uh, like oh the uh, like plumbers crack. It might be it might be like the moon. Like we might get a quarter this game. It might end up being a full moon at the end. But we might start out with a full moon. <laughs> we might get a full moon Thursday. I mean, how, stop me if you've heard this before. Bears. Probably a little bit overrated record-wise based on what we've seen on the field. Go into a big-time, prove-it kind of statement-like game on national TV against a great quarterback. How often does that work out well for the Bears? Never. No, probably like 25% of the time. At best. You know, like maybe maybe, maybe 30. I've seen like they beat the triplets like that from Dallas. I've seen them do that. I've definitely seen them probably do it to Aaron. Like the flashes I'm getting is Aaron Rodgers embarrassing the Bears and Phil Embry, Mark Tressman are about to be fired. Like this, uh, this is where we see a lot. Like Matt Nagy, you only got a few days to get this team forgetting that loss and doing something offensively. I don't know what the hell is going to happen there. Defensively, they're a really solid bend don't break type defense, but man. Like, Phillip Rivers, he's not necessarily a great quarterback. Like, Tom Brady, he can shred you up. Like he, that was defense, he was a great quarterback. He was a great quarterback. that Chargers defense is solid as hell, and they just got ripped to shreds by him. And that's mm. the other scary thing. Tampa Bay is playing their best. Like, they started out slow, then they beat the Broncos, and now they're really coming on strong, especially after this last victory against the Chargers. Like, this is, I think, not the time you w- or how you wanted to play the Buccaneers if you had a choice being the Bears. So to me, this all sets up for Bears embarrassment, which I think maybe is a good thing because they usually, when they're set up for embarrassment, that's when they show up. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game where we like, oh, that's the Bears we thought we were going to see. Back to 2019, back to all this stuff. Let me get that score then since you're talking that type of trash. 
Uh, I'm very conflicted. I don't know exactly how I would go. I got to go with Tampa. Like, I do like the idea of the Bears being the underdog. I'll say that. Like, mm. I think that really plays with that locker room. It plays how Matt Nagy kind of inspires his locker room. Like, it's us against the world. It's a family. We got to come together. But I'll still go Buccaneers, and I'll say how about 25-16. Okay, that's not bad. I was, I'll give the Bucs 30. Upon the Bears, and I, was, I, I wanted to give the Bears defense some some, some respect. Props. I'm probably giving too much respect to the Bears offense, but man, if you can't score 16, and this this Bucks team, I heard this stat from Brad Biggs. If you want to know something a little scary, but going into last week's game against the Colts, the Bucks were even better against the run than the Colts were statistically. And now the Colts took over first place because of what the Bears, Bears did. did. Now running the ball. So now guess what? So Tampa's going to jump back into first place after right. run the ball again. And I'm telling you right now, key matchup, whoever the speed guys that they have coming off the edge going against Charles Leno, he struggles with speed guys big time. He's- I think he struggles with everybody. Yes, but it's notorious speed guy struggler. Yeah, you got to do something about that, that dude. But, uh, yeah, I think I would say Tampa, Tampa 30, 31, Bears. Dang, like you think the Bears defense is going to give up that much? Man. Because, okay, think, hold, on, Tampa, hold on, hold on, hold on here, hold ahead, on here. Ahead. Let me give you an injury report for all give the folks. Me. Give it to me. Mike Evans did not participate in practice at all so far this week. Neither yeah, is Leonard with, Floyd. With Neither is Chris ankle. Godwin. But with a bum ankle, I would think that Evans is probably going to go, but there's no reason for him to practice on that ankle right now, especially in a short week, I would think. True. So True. I think he's pro- See, this is the thing. I would think he's going to play, but they may look at the Bears and be like, man, all y'all, get y'all rested. We'll take care of this, Rich. Yeah. We'll I see. think that that's part of it, too. Like, we will see. Chris Godwin has a hamstring. I would think he's probably not going to go. Especially. If he's not participating in practice whatsoever with a hamstring this short of a week. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is not practicing with an ankle. Like Jason Pierre-Paul might not be there, which would probably be a benefit to this pass protection. So the injury report does work better for the Bears. That's been their advantage of basically every week of this season. When you say Jason Pierre-Paul, my first thing that comes to my mind is digits. Digits. Yeah. It's hard to ignore that. Just make sure you not want to play with fireworks anymore. Like, I mean, to be fair, who did want to play with fireworks in the first place? Let me light this off my hand. I just want to know what exactly type of firework did he have? He had like an M80 in his palm. What was in his hand? Like, I know it just couldn't have been a regular old black cat because I've held on to several of those twisted together and only had like little blood clot looking things in my fingers and couldn't well, hear my ear. Correct me if I'm wrong, I thought an earlier story before he blew up his hand was he got a U-Haul full of fireworks <laughs> before the show, which ended in blood and digits being lost. Right, dude. We should do this episode on athletes with huge uh, uh, allotments of fireworks, because you remember the like, arenas, uh, like in a pickup truck, oh, yeah. right, getting pulled over with a the gang full of, like, just... It, man, listen. Excellent. I thought fireworks. I thought, thought you're gonna say we need to do a podcast, like an in-depth, like CSI, how Tony did with uh, Jordan's with Jordan. dad on the digits. <laughs> <laughs> what and the, what happened that fateful night? 
At this point, his middle finger flew into the air. Jason Pierre. Remember Adam Schefter, like, screenshotted his medical charts and everybody was mad at Shefty for a while for doing that? No, I, didn't, I don't even remember that part. That, that kind of is messed up, though. But, uh, like, leave me in my digits. But that was still was crazy. But still, getting back to, like, what you were saying, um, as far as edge rushers and speed merchants coming at uh, poor Charles Leno Jr., man, it is what it is, and that's what they put out there. I mean, at this point, for Ryan Pace to be who he's supposed to be and you haven't at all found in the later rounds, and I'm not talking about the back end of the draft, but even the middle of the draft, someone serviceable to be a threat from Charles Leno. I mean, I think – we all are like, okay, with Bobby Massey. But the fact that, you, I mean, your left tackle, it, your more important tackle, um, is it gets beat off in the last year, was jumping off the ball like it was going out of style. And, I mean, you got to think how many times you're losing because of those penalties, let alone because he's letting your quarterback get sacked and hit or pressured, that you should have done something about it. But that's, that's a discussion for another day, perhaps around the draft. Uh, speaking of which, our boy Trey Lance was like, forget you. Time to go. Man, I'm going to be so bummed if they don't get him. So bummed. The hell, you got the kid in Florida. There's some guys that may knock him down now. Justin Fields, too. Yeah, well, Justin Fields is going to be drafted ahead of him anyway, I believe. Just because he's playing in the Big Ten, uh, people are going to look at it as more validation that he's playing it. At, uh, I would think so. So I, I, I think it's going I – think, I think it's definitely – Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, then who? But you got—I don't know if it's Matt Kirk. Remember the kid's name? Uh, has a nice arm down in Florida. Uh, he has a chance. Yeah, the Miami guy too. Yeah, you got uh, the, the, the kid to transfer from uh, Houston. Uh, right, De'Aaron King, King, I think. King, yeah. yeah. But he's short. Bernard but, King or something. Yeah, something. D King something, which is terrible on both of us. But uh, he he. Uh, well, he, earn it, kid. You're right. He's five ten though, but we know that doesn't matter as much as it used to. So bring the you back and then we'll get your name right. How about that? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's look, I mean, cause I mean, like, man, can I tell you, I'm like, so depressed. We're back at just quarterback ground zero with the bears all over again. Well, I mean, it's just then like, we, then we, then we know that when they drafted me. Yeah. But reality has really slapped me across the face. I feel like we knew that though. I feel like we knew that this. Well, can you? Do you ever live in bliss? No, you never heard of that. Appear, um, briefly. Gain some ignorance, my friend. Briefly, in 2018, uh, when Mitch was scrambling, and it was like, listen, he may not be great, but shuddy in those feet, he may be able to get. We may be able to get somewhere a little bit. Uh, but then again, he turned back into being Mitch, and we are what we thought we were, which is sad to say the least. Let me ask you something. Do you think Mitch could have done anything different if they went to him, bench Foles, and went to, to Mitch in that game against the Colts? Because some people are believing that, or at least thought that. That was just the Mitch truthers. No. What was he going to do? Run and get cracked open? I mean, that defense was, hot, was pumping. All right? Listen, I'm not saying the Colts defense are world beaters, but they was beating the crap out of the Bears this past Sunday. All right, so no, I don't think he would have played better. I mean, they I, listen. They wouldn't have got eleven probably if Mitch was out there. Is it? Uh, I think it's De'Eric King. Yeah, that De'Eric King. De'Eric. De'Eric King or D the King De'Eric. Mm. We'll see. But anyway, Where's I guess D a chance, when you need him. There's a chance that 
Trevor, uh, I mean, Trey Lance may end up uh, falling to the Bears depending on where they're at. Um, picking in the teens, I think the Bears are probably going to be, but probably picking like number 17, maybe 15, maybe 13, 17, I would say. Well, who the hell knows? Because they don't really have money easing games left. Like it's Detroit. I'm not buying that Minnesota is going to be terrible when the Bears see them. And man, like, look at Carolina's supposed to be one of their easy games. I don't know if that's an easy game. They've given a lot of people trouble so far this season. Hey, you see, run, running uh, uh, a little bit of a uh, what's what's the name? A Teddy Bridgewater with the run run game escaping. He was like, "Forget this knee, knee my ass." Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. It's like I'm the new Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy, we need you to play both. <laughs> exactly. You heard of Cam, right? You heard of Cam? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, man, listen, this this game better be – it better be entertaining. Let me say that much. It better be entertaining and it better be competitive. I don't know if it's going to be the latter, which is competitive. I don't know. I think it'll be entertaining because even if the Bears are getting kicked, it'll be fun. Tom and Bruce Arians are doing it. But um, I don't know if it's going to be a competitive game. And I think that speaks a lot to the Bears and their coaching. Um, I think the defense, again, they, they're playing some solid football. I don't believe, and I know I said this on the football show, I don't believe Chuck Pagano is, getting them, is maximizing that talent. Um, I, I don't. But there's still, you can say that there's a few things that Chuck, Chuck Pagano can do because you, you're worried about if, you, if you're sitting there and you're blitzing or something that you may give up a touchdown and that that offense may not be able to put the points back on the board. But still, I don't think Chuck McDonald's maximizing that talent, maximizing the talent. But offensively, they're woeful. Um, and they, to be honest with you, they've been woeful all year. They just got hot in quarters. Um, but offensively, it's been hit or miss, and it needs to be a lot more hitting than missing. And you have – legit players now. They're not necessarily, man, you got, you, you don't have uh, Kansas City skill players, but you got, these guys are way better than adequate. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, you got some, some pieces now that you need to accentuate and you need to maximize and you need to necessarily lose them. I mean, use them, you know what I'm saying? And stop going to the, to the, to the well with screen passes and end arounds that the league has seen you do for three years now. And you're not fooling anybody with that. That's, Put that back in the bag. Use that when really you're not using it, and then you spring, and it's like, oh, I forgot they did that. You know, because no one is being shocked or fooled when you pull those plays out. Um, it's just time to maximize uh, some some other pages in the system. I, I but know. can they do it? No, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, listen, if Nick Foles can lead them up to a victory over a team that's looked at as being able to get out of uh, the NFC South, Man, that starts to speak to something, even though, like you said, the next game, listen, they'll win this game, which I don't think they will, and then lose to Carolina the following week. It would be like, wait, what, what, what's going on? So, But I, I do think it would be a big deal if they won this game because this is a legitimate test, and right now they're 0 for 1 on legitimate test teams. Mm-hmm. So it, beating a good team early, I think, would do a lot of things for this team. But you've already hit, I think, on two of the biggest keys. you got to be able to run the ball, mm-hmm. and you got to be able to get some pressure on Tom Brady to try to force some takeaways. Like, if this game is going to be about, you know, like the Bears sometimes getting some pressure, being only okay against the run, but solid in the red zone, mm-hmm. and then just woeful on offense, hey, what are we talking about here? Like talk that's all. They don't. They don't have big play potential. Like they have more of it with Nick Foles, 
but you got to get that run game going. You got to try to get play action going. Like, it's not like Nick Foles comes in here and we just abandon the run. And that was probably, and we talked about, just so frustrating for Matt Nagy. So can he learn from that? Because another thing that we talk about all the time with simple football, when you run, you keep the other team on the other side of the field. And that's what they got to do too. Like, at least what they did with the Colts was keep time possession somewhat close. Man, I'm afraid Tom Brady is just going to be holding on to that that's, football and making this day so long. That's what I'm saying. Look, I, I was trying to get to that with Russell Paul. You need to keep that offense off the field. I'm referring to Tampa Bay's offense. You need, you need to own time possession is what I was getting to earlier. You really, really, really need to because you're going to play your defense by having them out there getting pit, pit, bit by bit, then long hit by Tom Brady. Like This is the game plan going in is to make sure – we win the time of possession against this team and keep Bruce Arians and his favorable side of, as far as offense off of the field for as long as possible in this Thursday night game. All right, we're going to come back and we're going to go up for grabs on that Davis show. We approach four minutes to play in this opening quarter. Second and nine, Buccaneers driving again. Brady intercepted, picked off by Davis, and Davis is going to go all the way. Pick six, touchdown. That Davis show is time for the segment of all segments. Mm. By a legend of all legends. Mm. A goat. I finished watching uh, uh, Game of Zones. It hit me today. I hadn't. I was like, let me see if there's any new episodes of Game of Zones or new to me, rather. Uh, so I went and watched, uh, finished all the Game of Zones. Uh, so the goat of all goats, Ryan Bukovsky and Ryan B. Ski. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> did you wait real quick? Did you, did you, finish, did you finish watching Game of Zones? No. I did okay. not. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. All right. So it's time to go up for grabs with Ryan Bukabeski. Ryan, what you got? Well, since you brought up Game of Zones, let's do a little basketball to start. And pretty simple. I don't think anyone here believes that the Lakers are at all in jeopardy. So it's so minuscule. We're talking like zero zero point one maybe percent at best. But what have been your overall impressions from this finals and anything that maybe the fans or you take into next season for the NBA? Oh, uh, yeah. Ted Cruz was right what he said in the opening. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> 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 um, you know what? I've enjoyed the bubble. You know what I'm saying? I Actually, I can say I've enjoyed the bubble. It would be good to get back to where there's friend, I mean, fans involved in it just to get that roar and get that intensity and also find out who some of the players who play well and what Scottie Pippen called. Jamal Murray. Right? How many of those guys are, are, are really real, um, to say the least, and warrant for the Pacers? Um, but, yeah, with the final, the problem with the finals is just the wrong team. I don't, even though I don't know what Eastern Conference team really would have really given – the Celtics any really good gusto? I would say the, the Celtics, Lakers or the no. Did you say the, the Celtics. La- I'm sorry, the Lakers. I would say probably okay. the Celtics, but the Celtics didn't have any bigs. But I think offensively they had better score. They had better skill players offensively, but their lack of bigs would have been their undoing, and the rest of them would have gotten undone in general. Even if Milwaukee would have made it, um, if they didn't, they, they wouldn't have had enough. I think it's just a bad matchup. Um, it would have been probably even more interesting. I know we all would have been upset if Denver would have gotten there and to see them play these teams because it would have been uh, it would have been more even keel as far as the talent on those teams. Even though I would say Denver has more talent than the team that would have come out the, the East, even if let's just say that was the Heat. 
But I've enjoyed it. I haven't been really locked in to the finals, I hate to say, because it's kind of like a fait accompli, and it's just like Han LeBron is trophy. You know what I'm saying? I, I know we knew that we wanted to see who we wanted to see in the Western Conference Finals because we viewed that mostly as being the finals this season, and that was the Battle of L.A. between the Clippers and the Lakers, and the Clippers basically didn't show up or want to show up, so they left. Uh, but, yeah, I, I've been cool with it uh, for the most part. It's been some really good basketball. Um, I've seen some stuff. Where I, you know, I forget how many whole nights there were in the bubble from Luka dropping the Clippers – from Jamal Murray doing what he did. I mean, there have been some nights where it was like, whoa. So, and again, and it led to, you know, another thing that was great about the bubble, it led the way for all sports to come back. Just like the NBA shut down all sports by doing the right thing, they did it the right way with with nobody inside of the bubble as far as the players uh, contracting coronavirus. Um, but it, it it brought us back baseball. I'm sure baseball is going to come back anyway, but it helped bring us back baseball and football. It set the standard to bring these other sports back uh, to give me and you something to talk about when we're sitting here doing a sports show. Uh, so people detract us at the bubble, whatever. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed the bubble. And I mean, you may be in a, we may have to have a bubble again next year. I'm trying to read all these articles in the athletic about what's going to probably take place. I didn't get a chance to get to them today uh, about, I think maybe with Michelle Roberts, the NBA Players Association uh, president. Um, trying to read all these Was things. that who, uh, uh, old boy Beverly told to, to shut yeah, up and that? Told her, yeah, I pay your paycheck or whatever. Patrick Beverly, uh, West Side's finest. Um, yeah, he was being disrespectful to say the least, and he should be quiet. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I want to find out how, how much money these players are going to give back. Um, what are they going to do? Are the, the NBA owners going to be forced to use their force majeure where they could just rip up the damn CBA? Uh, I mean, and I mean, I think that threat alone compounds the players to figure out and get something done. Yes, you're not going to get all your money, uh, but I think they're also trying to sit there and 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 uh, make sure that the salary cap doesn't deflate, so that players like uh, a Giannis and these players that are coming and uh, Anthony Davis that are coming up on getting their contracts don't have to lose as much money as you would think uh, in this situation where you don't have fans going through your turnstiles uh, in your stadium. Yeah, I uh, I definitely liked the bubble. I enjoyed the experience. I'm with you. Uh, I don't know how much of it was real because I do think fans matter somewhat, but I don't want to go overboard. They mm-hmm. don't. They're not the end all be all. Like home court advantage, we statistically we're trying to we're basically coming to the conclusion that it doesn't matter that much, but it does have an effect. Uh, the one thing I just kind of come away with, and maybe it's ridiculous NBA meatball of me. I just I would revisit the realignment thing. Like the East is just so pathetic, and without that battle of LA, I'm just like I feel empty. I feel like we didn't get anything out of these finals. I, listen, if you want to do it during this, I wouldn't have been as upset. But as a person that resides in the East, forget that. All right, I Ugh. I want a representative from this side of the country. Uh, plus, you know, another thing, you may sit there and lose. Uh, I mean, you, you may lose fans depending on it's a bad small market team in the East, but you may lose fans from half one half of the side of the country that aren't um, ardent basketball fans, NBA fans. But uh, I still like it. I get why, and you're correct in the fact that the East needs to step up his game. But you know what? The East, I mean, I put it like this. I don't think it's time to do that when there are Eastern teams that look like they're on the rise depending on what Milwaukee's going to do. 
depending on what who's going to be. Oh, you know Giannis is leaving Milwaukee. We'll see. Because, I mean, if the owners are saying they're going to go into the cap and they're basically going to trade uh, Chris Middleton to see what they can get, uh, if the owners are going to do that, the Celtics have a, a lot of young talent. But listen, now Miami's back on the map as far as being a place where perhaps a free agent would never go because who wants to be the lone guy down there? But now they got a team. You know what I'm saying? So if you like that culture, you may be like, you know what? It's Miami, and I like that culture. I, do, I, I don't think this is the same as two or three, well, three, year, three or four years ago where it was like, man, the East, all of this is LeBron and nobody else really. The team's on the come up. So I think that's another reason why I wouldn't recede if we're in a regular situation. But it, it wouldn't have been as bad to recede in the bubble since it's kind of was like trying things, kind of like what the MLB did with having – uh, uh, 16 teams make the playoffs this year and having a DH in the National League, the Universal League. I think it would have been a time to see if you, you could necessarily do it. Uh, but still, I'll, and see the thing too, what a- but this is the thing too, my last point. You're, you're basically telling Eastern Conference owners that you wanna, you're going to lose money because you're telling me that I'm not going to get to go deep into the playoffs. I'm not going to make all that extra money um, for my team, especially if we have fans in the stands and who's going to say that? Because they want to see better basketball. Well, like, if I'm an owner, I'm not. You're not taking money out of my mouth so you can have some better basketball, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat. Mm. I mean, eat. it always comes down to money. What about just top sixteen? Then no realignment. Top sixteen teams given. It's still going to be what's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> no way. West Coast teams getting it. Well, see, the only yeah. thing, but the problem with that, the good part is the West Coast teams beat up on them, beat up on each other. But uh, it's still like, dude, I, I mean, just give, listen, if, if you're going to really do it right, just give some incentives, financial incentives for t- players to go play out on the East Coast. Be like, listen, man, oh, God. we'll put 15% on top of that, man. If you, <laughs> And you're just talking about the owners wanting to get money, and now they're going to pay an extra 50. The league, this is coming out the league's revenue. We, the owners don't have to worry about it. The league is like the government. They we make money. We're going to put 15 on that. You're getting 150, put 15% more on top of that. I mean, I, again, I, I, I get the reason why you should do it, but as an Eastern a Conference rider, I don't want to see it. Like, I, I don't. I don't, I don't want to. I want to get off the ride. Okay. Go I'm ahead. tired of this Eastern get Conference. Off, get off the ride. When's man. the last time the East was strong? When the Bulls were good. Yeah. <laughs> it's been when the Bulls were good, LeBron, nothing. Yeah. I mean, LeBron – but LeBron had to go through – we got to think. They, they did have at least three to four really good teams for a period when LeBron was first cooking. Uh, so you had the big three. You had the the starting five of the uh, Indiana, not the Indiana, the Detroit Pistons. Um, who else did you have? I mean, basically Detroit, and that's about it. I mean, Toronto was a pest for a while, but well, you had yeah, you had you had uh, Atlanta team that record-wise had the best record right. in the East. And then they and played Toronto, LeBron and got swept you say, every And the same with Toronto, <laughs> where LeBron would just spank their butt and send them on their damn way. But Is yeah. it really a series where you just get swept out of your friggin' mind every time you see LeBron? Not really. It's like you see him coming off the bus, and next thing you look down, you look down at the player's ankle, and it's a little stream of urine coming down. Yeah. That'd be like seeing, like, the Bears at 6-1 and one playing the Chiefs and being like, oh, I'm betting Bears! 
Oh, I was drinking right there. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to do real life. What, what else you got for grabs, Ryan? Uh, my last up for grabs, I want to do a baseball question. Uh, since both of our teams are eliminated, was just kind of curious what would be your ideal World Series matchup given the teams that are still left contending? Mm, that's a good one. I guess Dodgers, Yankees. Oh, my God. I want... I want those Padres to destroy the Dodgers round one. Um, he whose name should not be spe- spoken. I'm good. Listen, I'll, at one point I will get over this and I will root. You know what you should do? You should play that song, Fernando. You came and you showed me. That'll get you over it. No, I will one day. Watch Fernando Tatis Jr. with a big grin on my face, just looking at the superb athlete that he is, and how jovial he is too. Uh, he brings levity to baseball. He brings good, seems like good energy to baseball. But right, it's a good now, thing you're going with those crusty old Dodgers. And stuff. Right now, I'm not. I'm not. Now, I'm not over it. Uh, listen, you, you, you got Kershaw's actually dealing in the playoffs right now. All right, put some respect on this. I can't stand the Dodgers. I, I don't see why. I mean, they, they haven't won. Because after the Cubs fiasco with them for three years, I'm, I'm over them. It's the Dodgers, man. It's time, dude. Oh, whatever. Hey, listen, if they win, hey, guess what fans, we Hey, mark this. If the Sox lose a series next year, let's see if Ken likes that team moving forward. <laughs> Look, <laughs> no, I'm not. But, uh, listen, right, so I can't stand if, the Dodgers. If we, if we, if we uh, get the Dodgers and they win, there's a chance that a decade from now, we won't have to keep seeing this of Kirk Gibson rounding the bases with his bum. Oh, I love that highlight. It's like the Knicks grainy highlight for their championship. Brings a big smile to my face. Like, yep, that's the year. That's the last time, you piece of blank. You're terrible. You're terrible. So, I got If you are a Chicago sports fan, who do you want? Who hate. do you want? Who do you want uh the Padres to go up against in the World Series then? Uh Okay, not necessarily rooting for the Padres. I would be fine with Padres or Braves, either one of them. Mm-hmm. Forget the Marlins, forget the Dodgers. Hope they both just. Ugh, I want the Marlins. You upset yeah. with the Marlins from something hey. like twenty years ago, basically, and and today or last week? Yes. Yeah, hey, that's that wasn't their fault. Y'all just wet the bed. Okay. <laughs> what they job. Like, I am. That's I'm going to hold you to this standard. Wait, if the White Sox wait, ever lose in wait, the playoffs, wait, wait. That's like they did actually last week. And guess yeah, what? you're okay with it because this was the bonus year. What about the year that matters? And then you lose. And tell me you like that team moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> tell me that you lose in the ALCS. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Don't you tell me. We'll see, though. If I got a lot of respect for that team, no. Because listen, the, oh, Packers here we go. the Packers have kicked my team in the teeth, and I've still rooted for them. Oh God, you're making me sick. Let me let me pick my ALT. Go ahead. Uh, I actually wouldn't mind the Yankees being there. I bet you as well. So that empire is fine, but the other empire is fine. Well, I hated the empire, but then Boston kind of beat that empire's ass down. And now they're kind of okay because they haven't mm-hmm. won in over a decade. So they're okay. Think that's something when you say somebody hasn't won in over a decade and it's like, they're supposed to win. This is like, damn, it must be nice to live in that type of world. 
Yeah, we talk about I. You know, as much as I would love that world, I, I would rather be in the the Packer or the quarterback world where every week we got a shot. That's the world I'm I want to live in. I'm with you because you know what? Now, to correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's cool if your baseball team. And I'm not saying about the Yankees today. I'm really talking about like the Yankees in the the, the, the '90s, the late '90s, and maybe like the Yankees teams. It was like Yogi Berra's Yankee teams that were winning world mm-hmm. titles. That it's cool, but you kind of take it for, for granted to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you oh yeah, watch, you don't even watch every game because you're like, we gonna win anyway. It's just like we take, but like what you said with football and a quarterback, and it's one week, it's one game a week. You only got 16 times to see him in the regular season. That is, if you if you don't make it to the playoff, 16 times to see him uh, sit there and show you his wizardry. And so it's something different. Like, I'm with you. Dude, oh, man, listen. Would you rather have a franchise quarterback, not the best? Patrick Mahomes is still alive, and he's baby goat. So you got a franchise guy or the best player in the NBA on the Bulls? Best player in the NBA on the Bulls. Oh, that's the world, huh? No, it's not that. Because this is the thing. That franchise quarterback is just really cool and dope. But we've seen teams win without it. You really can't win a title without the best player in the NBA. Well, what if he's a, a franchise quarterback top 10, but he's no, in 5 through 10? No, you told me he's not. He's not. I 5 through 10. You said the best player in the NBA. Did you say that? Yes. Dude, I don't know if you – I'm going to tell you this. I watched a lot of bad Bulls basketball. I watched the Bulls from hardcore, at least from – 90, it's about 1990, 91, probably when I really got my, my basketball mind on. But I say 80, the late 80s, but really then. So through all of that, even with a rebuild, being like, you know what, it's cool. Let's see how this team, but like, you know, growing up, we was never, for me, for the most part in the 90s, we weren't high draft uh, players. So you knew we weren't going to get these players that you saw playing college and be like, man, it'd be cool to be on my team, but we win the title, so forget it. So all right, mm-hmm. rebuild, this is going to kind of be fun to be on the other end. And it drove, dragging on forever. Being happy, they trade Elton Brand and go with two kids, which was a bad mistake. Not to trade, but going with two kids and not having uh, one with proper uh, vets and a proper coach to kind of bring them up. Because these kids are going to be out here, they got a million dollars in their pocket. You're going to have to raise it up. I'm talking about Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. Uh, to getting them looking good with, with uh, Luau Dang. Ben Gordon and Kirk Heinrich, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the high seal, the high floor guys. And then when you saw Derrick Rose become a superstar, being like, oh, I forgot what it is is to turn on my local TV and see this every night. This is totally, this is totally different. No, no, no. A, a, a top five NBA player, man, it's something different, Ryan. You said the number. You said I'm with you. Player. It, it's just, it's something. It's, listen. And I've experienced that before. Like, I've experienced walking into the stadium like, wait, listen, it's, and it's not even fair. Listen, you know what Michael Jordan the GOAT? Because if you're a LeBron fan, you've walked into some series like, we, he may not be able to do this. And I mean, after he <laughs> already started winning, where it was like, he may not be able to put this off. Once Mike started winning, that was like, dude, listen. There was times where the Bulls may have been down two one in the series, and that, that that fourth game, they were they were down majority of that game. Like when we were talking about like that Charles Smith block thing two weeks ago, like the Bulls were about to go down, like the, the Knicks were about to go up like three wins or something. The Bulls have like won the lost the first two games of that series or whatever. And that was like two, three, two 
uh, a playoff series back in those days. And uh, I, I, the Knicks may have had a better better regular season record because after the, every time the Bulls did the three peat, they would have the best record, and then they were slightly they wouldn't get as many wins those next following two years or whatever. Um, but so I've been there, and that dude walked out with with blood on his sneakers and his opponent's head in his hand. And that's it's something. It's just too much. So if you're telling me because I've had it, so I don't know what you're talking about when you talk about this quarterback stuff, Ryan. I've never experienced. I don't know how those people live on the other side of the tracks. Well, that's why I was curious. Maybe you would pick the unknown, but you no. want the grass over here, not on the no. greener. Um, a former owner of BT, uh, Bob Johnson, Robert Johnson, was on uh, CNBC, I believe, and he was talking about the presidential debates. And they asked him, "Who? what would your preference be? And he said, the devil that I know. He said, when you're in business, you want to basically go off of what you owe to take place. So basically, he said, I would, he prefers Trump over Biden because he doesn't know what Biden's going to do as a businessman, right? So I disagree with him, but I'll say this much. <laughs> I'm going to go with what I do know and I have seen the having like I always think so that's the drug of choice oh huh? that's what's getting the the veins <laughs> <laughs> but, but look but look but look um I always think about uh hearing like Billy Crystal talk about uh being grown up in New York and sitting there and having Mickey Mantle watching Mickey Mantle play and you hear people talk about it and it's like I don't know what that is and having at one point Willie Mays on the other side of the street I forgot who the guy was that was um the um, what's the name the Giants uh the Giants player at the time I forget because the Giants had a great player too it was, it was like the holy trinity of those three before the Giants and um not the Giants who moved out what the Dodgers the Dodgers the Dodgers yes. the Dodgers is what I meant to say um but when I hear him didn't say, the Giants move out there too yeah they had that's what I'm saying the, the Dodgers and the Giants moved out there but the Dodgers had an, a great player too at that time I forget what he was I think he may have been the center fielder for the Dodgers can't remember. But this is when New York was owned by Willie Mays and, uh, and Mickey Mantle. And I always think about it as growing up having Michael Jordan. And it's like, it, like on Channel 9, dog, it was free TV. I didn't have to turn on TNT because I'm in, a, I'm in another state. And this is the only time I could see Michael Jordan. I used to see Michael Jordan on free TV, on NBC, uh, for the, the triple, double and triple headers. Oh. So, dude, it was, it was, it was just, it was, it was crazy. Like it was crazy. So yeah, give me that back because I know what that is, man. This Bears angst, it goes away. <laughs> and listen, it's just not oh. the NBA season. It's just not as, the NBA dog. It, it's too many games in the NBA not to have a stud on your team. It's just, it just is, man. So I'm sorry. Until I see a quarterback like that, and you prove it. Uh, it's it's just not enough. NBA, the NFL is fleeting. It goes, it, it, it lasts so long, but since you only play one game, oh. it's fleeting. So I'm I'm taking Mike every day. Every day is a one. That's fair enough. I disagree with some of your points, but uh, overall, that's why I brought it up because those would yeah. be by far the top two things I would want to happen dude, in Chicago. If you tell me, I could say, dude, if you telling me. The Bulls. Let's just say hypothetically they, that we don't even know. Yeah, number player. four, they get the best player in the draft right. who's going to be a. We're star. watching him next year. This uh, this fall. Like, wait, hold up. He may be the best. It's kind of look, and it's not the same. Like Donovan Mitchell coming out, but, but greater than Utah. that because we we never yeah. looked at Donovan Mitchell as 
but th- how he had that effect immediately yeah. where it was like, this dude's a player for real. Like, dude, and it's not the same because the season is so short, but like, it was parts of this year, dog, watching Lewis Robert, where uh, Luis Robert, where it was like, damn, this dude gonna be a top five. He may be top three in the MLB in a few years or whatever, right? And, but a basketball player has the ball in his hands. Like right. a pitcher isn't stopping him from getting getting from from wreck catching wreck. You know what I'm saying? Like he can catch wreck because he has the ball in his hands, right? So it's just no. Listen, I feel I know that it's great for you being younger than me because that statistically says that you should live longer than me, right? So it's like, hey, I'm young. I'm gonna be here. You're gonna be gone, right? I wish you saw Jordan's score. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, was, I would probably trade that too. It was nothing like it, dog. It was nothing. Yeah, do you want to move me up? Maybe uh, I'm, I don't I'm know. Just seven, saying, ten I'm just years, saying, something just like saying, that. It was nothing. Hey, then I could have maybe saw eighty-five, and that would have been was, the only Bears championship ever. It was sweet too. I was young, but it was dope. It was dope as hell. <laughs> <laughs> they were That's what I'm worried right, about. Right. I might not see that. It was before the internet, and they were. Everywhere, Ryan. Everywhere. I'm not even joking. They were a na- they were national. They had won the Super Bowl, dog. Like now, weeks 14. It was like ah, they already won it already. Like that's just how crazy it was. During- that's why I keep saying, if you want to be immortal as a player, like a quarterback, win in Chicago. Oh, it would be do do. You're immortal at that point. You're right, Deshaun. Listen, Deshaun Watson. Would be a legend if the bull if the Bears had drafted him. A le- and listen, we would yes. look. We would still sit there and lament that they didn't get Patrick Mahomes, but we'd be like, forget that. That's IMF right there, right? Like he would be a legend, especially just how gritty he is. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Man, look how tough he is. That's Chicago tough. Like he would be a legend. So I'm with you. If you're a great quarterback and you can win it here, let alone win two, no, you win two of them here. Yeah. If you're in the argument as one of the best quarterbacks ever. Just in the argument, uh, not even at the top. But, man, this is one of the – like how Aaron Rodgers, he's never going to have the ring. But, man, he is one of the best quarterbacks. You're going to go down in history forever. Like that is how big of a deal it would be to lead the Bears as a quarterback to Super Bowls. Right. It, it's, not, it's not even – This fan base would lose their friggin' mind and we stretch it, across the nation. It w- I was just going to say that. It wouldn't even just be this fan base, even though this fan base is nationwide, like you're saying, and partially due to 85. Uh, and Walter Payton, but also and Gail Sears, but also the fact that ESPN, because the, the, the joke is the Bears have never had a quarterback. Nationally, it's known the Bears haven't had a quarterback. Maybe see, I can imagine them keeping. How's it to be the quarterback of Chicago Bears? You know, that's linebacker. You running back like it would be crazy. But again, if I had my druthers, give me the basketball. Kobe <laughs> <laughs> on the Bulls. <laughs> give me the basketball player, man. Listen, this. I mean, you listen, man. It's like, oh boy, look, but basketball is such the soul of the city, and it hurts me to drive past basketball courts and not seeing people out there like when I was a kid. Uh, bas- I mean, I, I, I didn't grow up on the west side; I would think it's the same. But on the south side, and man, I played football. But like, and we played football. Like, we played football in the wintertime in the snow. Play tackle football uh, out here on the south side. So we love our football. But man, basketball, man, that's some serious business in Chicago. So. I'm a, I'm a, and it's uh, unfortunate the Bulls have been so terrible. So terrible. For so they haven't been able to lure one of their own, their own as far as players from Chicago 
uh, into back back here to to the, to Madison on the west side. But yeah, I would go basketball players. So good ones. Those are some real good up for grabs, Ryan. Yeah, that's why I'm here. All right. If you got any up for grabs you would like to give to Ryan, uh, email us at that Davis Show, and we will add those to the show. If you have any uh, ideas or any thoughts that you want us to discuss, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, we will be back. We've had we haven't had a flip in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll be back with the flip this weekend. When we, me, Ryan, and well, no, Ryan, Sydney, and I uh, will be back this weekend to bring you some hijinks, probably with some political satire, to say the least. Uh, you stay safe out there in this this COVID environment, and just in general. Stay safe with everything that's going on. We always appreciate it.